I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome in again to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. If you want the edge, get on the grid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith holding you down for the next two hours following the world of sports and sports investing. Jared, I know it is yet another crazy stay-at-home, shelter-in-place work week, but we're going to try and find people in edge so they can get their own stimulus package. How's it going so far today? I I feel like I've really enjoyed this work-from-home life. I I mean, it's, you know, we get into nice little – everything in life is about routine. And everyone has their routines. And obviously, this has thrown off the routine immensely. But now it's been, this is week three of this. And a lot of people who are fortunate enough like us to work from home have likely developed new routines. And I'll tell you what, it beats riding the subway every day. Yeah, it absolutely does. Although I still saw a picture from the New York Post yesterday about the subway system. And it gives me concerns to the extent to which social distancing is, in fact, taking place. You're right, though. We've gotten into another routine and we are here for another weekend to give you what you need uh, here on in-game live on SportsGrid. You know, one of the first things I want to get into, Jared, is, um, you know, laws keep on changing. Right. And sometimes the business of government continues. And, you know, Washington was one of these early hotspots, obviously, for COVID and the coronavirus. But Washington made news in another way this week. They are now the 21st state, Jared, to officially legalize sports betting. So what I want to do is, you know, start here on a gambling show and network. First, by being saying, like, congrats to Washington for being welcomed back into the fold. There you go. Clap it up, Jared. It is now 
21 states that are doing so. I wonder what the regional markets will say about the Seahawks win totals vis-a-vis -vis everybody <laughs> else. But what do you think, Jared? Yet another step in the right direction. Washington joins the fray. Dane, this was an upset. Uh, Washington has some of the strictest gambling laws in the country. There are no major casinos in Washington. There are some right. tribal casinos uh, with the Indian reservations, but this is not a state that's known for their loose gambling laws. Sure. So um, I applaud them for, re and again, that to me kind of tells me where the marketplace is in sports gambling. Yep. States that are usually rigid with their gambling laws are saying, hey, we need a slice of this pie. And I think 21 states, you know, we've got a list of of, of, of nine other states that could potentially <laughs> pass laws uh, in, in 2020. Florida, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts. Sure. I'm naming Ohio. I'm naming a lot of states with professional sporting uh, franchises, Dane. Missouri, our Super Bowl champions in Kansas City. Uh, you know, these are all states that are starting to jump on this bandwagon. And the more the marketplace gets uh, flooded with different, you know, areas of the country that are betting, it gives betters more options. You know, it gives you more options. Say you live in an area where all of a sudden Ohio and Indiana are right next to each other. Well, if you don't like the lines in Ohio, then drive over to Indiana and go bet it. Same thing here in New York and New Jersey. We don't quite have that option yet. When we do have it in New York, we can go to Meadowlands, bet on yep. something. If we don't like the lines in New Jersey, well, we'll go to New York. And so it, it just it adds liquidity to the marketplace. And it's obviously good for our business as well. Yeah, it absolutely does. You know, and I think that, you know, as more and more states see, <clears throat> quite frankly, the economic benefit of doing this, you know, legalizing sports betting, especially, Jared, in this time where our economy is in the tank, mm. this may be an opportunity for more states to go ahead and loosen their stance shall we say you've mentioned some of the other states that are coming online the other question i'd ask you jared do you see a universe where new york for example one of the things we are learning in these new times is we're going to stay at home for a while do you think there's be more states that maybe revisit revisit the idea of betting online mobile on yes. the phone because new york is one of those states as well New York, to me, is the linchpin in all of this. We have, I've been a massive advocate of this. Uh, I've interviewed uh, State Senator Joseph Adabo, who has also been uh, one of the big, you know, flag bearers of this movement. Uh, and, and there's a bill that's in the State Assembly. It died in the State Assembly. Uh, you know, Governor Cuomo has plenty of other things to worry about right now besides mobile sports wagering. But yes, it is something that would absolutely help the economy. Yes, it is something that would, I mean, you're talking about a state in New York that is desperate, every state is, for money. I mean, New Jersey's pulling in 30 to 50 million at its peak. Granted, not with no sports now, it's different. But, you know, right. 30, 30 to 50 million dollars a month in revenues, I would say New York could use that boost. That's a lot of ventilators. Absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, in New York and as other states, remember, these laws, um, you know, kind of every state is different. And a lot of states have, you know, opened it up like New Jersey, but others there's, you know, you can only do it in brick and mortar establishments. A lot of these in the state of New York are north upstate New York or on Native American reservations where these actual casinos or racetracks are. But you see it yourself. You mentioned New Jersey as one of these states. Jared, you know how many times people go across the bridge, you know, or <laughs> Me, I've done it literally <laughs> on their work break, you know, yeah. on lunch. Hey, I'm going to go over, hop over there place a bet and come back for my afternoon shift. 
especially in the economic times we're in, especially given the travel restrictions that we have right now. I really do believe, Jared, that more and more states may wisen up to the idea of mobile betting being the wave of the future. You mentioned Florida, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Massachusetts, and Ohio. Let me ask you this, Jared, because I see incredible economic benefit to, uh, you know, taxing it, regulating it, doing what you have to do. When you look at the states that have legalized marijuana, we're at around the same number. I do believe it's somewhere in the mid-20s or upper 20s in terms of how many states are there. Do you think that these are, in, in essence, in parallel tracks now that they've kind of turned it over to the states wherein, you know, marijuana is the same. People think about it because of the social taboo, potentially, but the states that have legalized it see it as an economic policy. Why wouldn't sports investing be in the same exact thing, Jared? I think it is in that vein. I just think sports investing is not as far along. Um, and there's also no medicinal uh, quality to it. That was oh. the argument in, in marijuana for years was, and it's a true argument. I mean, it's a valid argument um, that, that it does have medicinal you know, value. And it certainly does. I mean, to like to us, sports gambling is, is therapeutic, uh, but it, it does have a negative connotation in other areas where it can be a very addictive uh, and, and just money sucking uh, habit if it's not regulated and, and done in moderation. Um, I, so I think that they are on similar tracks in the terms of there was a social taboo about it, and that social taboo has been relaxed uh, significantly yep. over the last few years, especially with marijuana, with gambling. We're in the beginning stages of that. And, you know, you know, we, even though we've had so many states come on board, we're still not even halfway to our country in terms of getting every state on board with it. And just think of the amount of money that is still not being tapped into with even states that are in the process of getting it of getting it you know up and running Ohio Florida I mean those are two massive population states with some of the biggest cities in the country in them and Massachusetts as well and Maryland with Baltimore so I, I you know I think you know we're going to continue to see liquidity in the marketplace we're going to continue to see states realize that they can make millions of dollars in revenue from this and especially you said it in an economy that's hurting right now we're going to get sports back before the economy comes back. Sports yeah. will come back in this country well before the economy fully recovers, meaning we're going to have things to gamble on before the economy's back. And if you're going to tell me that states are leaving millions on the table in an economy that's hurting, that's a tough sell, especially in an election year in November. You know, I mean, that you know, th th those are things that are going to drive the elections uh, come November. Yeah. And you talk about this as a marketplace, Jared, and I want to get your thoughts on this. We've, we've discussed this a little bit before in the sports investing world across this country, the regionalism at play, right? And how lines in, say, New Jersey are different than, say, in Vegas are different than the riverboats that are out there and are different than some of these other online markets. Now, in Seattle, in Washington, like, I want you to take it, take people through how every single casino or marketplace, whatever is taking the handle, they're their own independent kind of book. And what they are trying to do is not necessarily predict what happens, but hang numbers and totals and bets that'll generate even money on both sides so that the casinos, the books, wherever they are, they get their rake and they keep on going, making a profit. Can you talk a little bit about how if this new market emerges 
in Washington, versus one in Vegas, versus one in Jersey. How might the shrewd sports investor, you know, have accounts in all of these states? Take advantage <laughs> of some of the differences that you see. I, I, I made a joke about, let's say, the Seahawks win total in Washington, but I'm, I think it's going to be different in the state of Washington. Sure than it is in the state of New Jersey, than it is in the state of Nevada. Can you tell me a little bit, as a sports investor, who I know is especially plugged into the college game, where these markets may move in a regional fashion, what does it mean to shop around, and what does it mean to have more options, a 21st state, in fact, in the market that out now is Washington? I think it's everything. And I think, I think I've already seen this. I've read stories about this about people driving state to state now that we have little clusters of states where it's legal. And Illinois and uh, Indiana are two that are very close to each other. And I've seen people, I've seen stories of people driving to and from. And wow. and to me, I, I do think that there is a, and Iowa is another one that's in the vicinity that people are driving around to. And I, I, I really think, I really think when we get to a point where all 50 states have legalized it, we are going to see less moves because there's more, you know, like when, when, when you balance the risk across mm -hmm. more marketplaces, right. there's less sharp moves. And so it's going to get harder for us to really determine what is sharp and what is public. The, 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 to me, the easiest bets to decipher sharp and square action are the bets that are made them out like the lead because there's less money, like the, the games that are publicly bet, the NFL games. Those are the ones that are really, really, really tough because there's so many bets. That's so huge. It's yeah, the, the pot's so big. But when you start to when when you start to thin the herd a little bit and less bets are being made at in the Vegas books compared to the New Jersey books, it it makes the it makes the moves a little bit easier to detect. So I think we're gonna have to be really creative with how we go about finding odds. I don't know how the states are gonna do it. I, I'd be curious if they let like say for instance New York allows yeah. it. And we're in New York, but we're in a close vicinity to New Jersey. Yeah. If I was a state, I would want you to be able to bet on something within like a hundred mile radius of my state because they're because you're tapping into such a bigger area. So, but again, there might be regulations involved. I think how like when it becomes legal in all fifty states, who cares what state you're in? You know, like it's like buying a soda. Like if you, if you go to a market here or buying beer, like the beer is going to be the same at all yeah. places. Well, I'm curious how the state structure the laws when it does become legal. I think it's going to be a long time, though, till it's legal in all 50 states. Like, there's states like Wisconsin that have, like, no gambling at all outside the tribal casinos. Like, it's like like, like it's like it's a wasteland. Yeah. If they're like, so, yeah, so there, there's going to be some variations. But, man, I look forward to the day that all 50 states uh, are, are legal. I think it might be a long ways down the road, though. Yeah, you know, but they are independent marketplaces based on their own handle moving the numbers. Unfortunately, we hear right now like states competing each other with each other yeah. to buy masks and gowns right now because they're independently going after it on a much positive sense, more positive sense. That's how it would be with betting markets, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe you have the ability to shop around and now Washington is coming online. Jared, one of the stories we heard this week, I have Washington in my mind, the city of Seattle in my mind, a player whose market is moving. We talk about a fluid marketplace. One of the players whose market is moving that we've heard this week is, you know, pass rusher Jadavion Clowney, Jared. Mm. 
Here's the thing. We've talked about this, right, how maybe some of the quarterbacks may have to wait now until the market moves again after the draft, and how people have to kind of understand supply and demand and look themselves in the mirror. Well, I think Jadavion Clowney is going through that process right now, Jared. We heard at the beginning of free agency that he had his eyes on something, a contract that was about $20 million a year or even more, right? Well, it turns out that it doesn't look like there are any takers at that price. However, we're now hearing from Clowney's camp that, okay, he may be willing to take more of a deal like the pass rusher last year, Zadarius Smith got. Maybe something more in the 16 million, 17 million a year range. And if that is the asking price, I do think there will be teams ready to bite at Clowney at 17, 18 million a year. Seattle may be among them to welcome him back. First, let me get my your thoughts on Jadavion Clowney. I know the biggest ability is availability, and he's not necessarily available all the time. But when healthy, I believe he's a game wrecker, Jared. And you need game wreckers on the defensive side of the ball in this day and age. Uh, guys that offenses or teams will have to game plan for. And I believe Jadavion Clowney is in that category. First of all, Jared, do you agree? And if so, where might the evolving market land for Jadavion Clowney? You know, it's funny. The I, I think the Jets and Giants are both in play. I yep. think, I, I really think the Lions are in play. I think there might be a team that actually changes how they draft based on where right. Jadavion Clowney might go. The Giants were definitely in the, I've seen some mock drafts with the Giants taking the Simmons kid out of Clemson. Yeah. And, if you were going to ask me today, would I rather have Jadavion Clowney for $17 million a year uh, or Isaiah Simmons? Well, my answer would be I'd rather have Clowney and then you'd go draft Tristan Wirfs uh, at four if I'm the Giants. Now, I don't know how it affects their cap. I'm not a, I'm not as in tune to the cap uh, as, as it's very hard to be because it's really complicated. But if the Giants can afford Jadavion Clowney, I mean, I know they brought back Leonard Williams, but they had to because they couldn't give up that capital that they gave up for him. And they needed to continue to bolster their defensive line. The Giants need desperate help in the trenches. And man, oh man, if you add a, a, a number four pick at offensive tackle and you have the best O tackle in the draft, and this is, mm -hmm. we talk about the QBs, Dane, this is a good draft for, for offensive linemen. There's four of them in the top 10, right. top 15 that could potentially be franchise right tackles for the next decade. And then you also add a player like Jadavion Clowney, who, you know, he played in 11 games, or he played in 13 games last year, 11 starts. He played in uh, the basically a full season in 2018. So, you know, he hasn't been totally off the radar when it comes to injuries. the playoff game against the Eagles. Yeah, dominated. dominated and knocked Carson Wentz out of the game as dirty as that hit maybe looked. Um, so I, I think he is a, I think he's going to be a force in this marketplace. And I'm glad that he uh, dropped his price because to me, Everyone needs to drop their expectations. Everyone's salary is getting cut. I heard Boomer Esiason got his salary cut at WFAN this week. So everyone is getting feeling the heat of this marketplace. I think 17 is a fair price. So I, I think 17, based on his production and based on what you can expect from him, uh, as someone who's coming into age 27, uh, his uh, age 27 season, still has got some tread on the tires. I mean, I, I, would, I, I would give up 17 mil for Clowney, especially if you're a team that picks in the top half of the draft and right. you need offensive line help. Because then you can – it's not a great draft for, for defensive linemen. You've got Chase Young. You've got Simmons, who's kind of an edge. And then the Kinlaw kid from South Carolina. But he's kind of fringe. So Clowney's a top 10 lineman. And then you can get a top 10 offensive lineman as well. If I'm the Giants, man, oh, man, that sounds nice to me.
Yeah, it's all about the marketplace and supply and demand. We'll see what the market is for Jadavion Clowney as it evolves. And then you got other linemen, guys like Everson Griffin, that kind of have to wait for the Clowney domino to fall. Jared and I will be detailing all of it here on In Game Live. When we come back, we dig a little bit deeper into one of the big free agent signings that has happened and what that means for that team's numbers, win totals, game by game, and if there's any value on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Come on back. If you want the edge, get on the grid. Dane and Jared, it's in-game live. We'll be back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players redemption seekers and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars anyone can win relationships matter and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back here to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith holding you down, giving you everything you need to know as we follow what's been happening in the world of sports in these very unique and unprecedented times. It calls for unique and unprecedented measures, and we're doing what we've got to do no matter what to give you your own little stimulus package here. You ain't got to wait for the government. You know, we were talking about kind of the moving market for a guy like Jadavion Clowney, Jared, you know, and he's now kind of waiting. And he may have to wait for other ducks to fall in a row. He may have to compromise on his price. He may have to wait until after the draft. You talk about guys like Chase Young. You talk about, you know, Esperanza at Iowa. Maybe it's going to be one of those teams that want to address their need in the draft and couldn't 
that all of a sudden are more willing to play the price tag for Jadavion Clowney. But one of the biggest pieces of news from free agency that has started is obviously the move of Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things that have been coming out of Tampa in the last couple of days or over the course of the last week. First, let's start on a lighthearted note, Jared. Tom Brady, where's number 12? Uh, Chris Godwin, the you know ascending wide receiver out of your neck of the woods in Penn State, um, where's number 12 currently for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? My question for you is, if you were Chris Godwin, what would be your price? Because <laughs> you know the way these things get figured out, right? It's like, yo, I'll give you these cigars and these steak dinners and a couple of, and I'll write cigars. You. No, Tom yeah, Brady, I want a little more than right? that. <laughs> All right, so listen, listen. We know there's going to be some cash exchanging hands here on this. If you were Godwin, what would be your price to allow TB12 to once again wear TB12 in TB Tampa Bay? I would first. I would say I need at least one throw, one target every five throws. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that because that's hurting the team. Um, I would. I would probably put it around. So we saw actually to keep it on a lighthearted note that Tom rented out Derek Jeter's yeah. mansion in Tampa yeah. for like a hundred k per month. Yeah, I think. I think one month's rent's fair. I think so. But listen, you talk about that house, uh, Jeter's old house. Yeah. There's something like 3,000 square feet there, bro. They could honestly hold the entire cruise ship that needs to dock in Florida and quarantine them at, you know, Tom Brady and Derek Jeter's crib. Some house, so, huh? You know, that, that's one way of doing it. But I digress. When we get back to the football of it, Jared, you and I both on previous shows thought – this was going to be a very interesting marriage, right? The idea of Bruce Arians with his down-the-field scheme, uh, not necessarily utilizing the tight end position as much. And then you contrast that with what Tom Brady has done for over a decade in New England, right? Getting the ball out quick, reading the mail, a lot of crossing routes, using the tight end, using the slot receivers, whether that be Julian Edelman or Wes Welker before that. And I find it interesting. Jared, that, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks GM Jason Licht came out and actually said that they think that Brady in his early 40s actually is a good fit for the Bruce Arian style. Here's the quote, Jared. We felt that he had an ideal arm for Bruce and his system. He can still throw it deep. We felt the mobility was the same as it always has been. He's not going to outrun anybody, but he's good in the pocket, eluding the pressure. And we did not see a decline in his arm talent whatsoever. I ask you, Jared, do you think, I mean, do you buy that? And do you think they are going to actually kind of push Tom Brady to be a Bruce Arians quarterback instead of, you know, evolving with the personnel that they have? I do buy the the arm talent. Okay. And I can speak from personal experience. Being a, I used to play quarterback. Okay. I always had a really strong arm. Okay. Obviously, my other things have gotten weaker over the years. But when I go out to throw football, I sling it still. Really? And and I and I liken it to basketball. And and they say the jump shot's the last thing to go, mm. because it's more kind of muscle memory, and it doesn't take as much power to keep a nice spiral and and to be accurate. And you don't have to be this big strong brute to throw an accurate spiral. You just have to have the right mechanics. And you also have to have the right footwork. And Tom has elite level mechanics and elite level footwork. This is why Tom's really focused on 
his 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 kind of elasticity of his muscles and not his strength. He's never been a big guy, but he's always been a lanky kind of stretch, like almost like a Stretch Armstrong, Gumby kind of body type. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to burn you with his speed, but neither did Jameis Winston either. In fact, I remember he ran one of the slowest 40 times ever for a quarterback that was taken in the first round uh, of late. Right. I do remember that when he, when he came out uh, of Florida State. Again, I, I buy the fact that he's a good fit in Tampa, but I don't know how much it's going to matter if everything else on that team isn't, isn't right. And it's going to be harder for that team to get right, considering the fact that we're having a very weird and truncated offseason. Yeah, I think that is the truth. Another piece of the puzzle as they're defining it. You know one of the things Tom Brady loves besides a tight end, and he has them in O.J. Howard there, even making America braid again. They, he always loves having a pass-catching running back. Jared, and that's why I always thought that Deion Lewis was going to move to Tampa Bay. Remember, we got these reports of like, oh, veterans are going to come out of the woodwork for him. I thought yeah, that doesn't was- happen, really. No, he signs with the New York Giants instead. But we're hearing also that that is still a need for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay, Bruce Arians came out and literally admitted that they will look to add a pass catching back. Still, Peyton Barber is not there anymore. The kid out of USC, Ronald Jones, is more of an early down in between the tackles, north-south kind of guy, you know, do you think that will be a priority either in free agency or, you know, getting that kind of Tyree Cohen scat back that you can get maybe in day two, day three of the draft? Do you think they will still try to put weapons around Tom Brady to make him comfortable in a system? Well, it looks like, and I'm looking at the rankings right now for pass-catching ability out of the rookies. Okay. And it looks like Edward Hilaire out of LSU seems to be the best of that bunch. Yo, and, you know, the Bucks pick mid Bowles. He is the yeah. new Bowles, Edward Tiller. I mean, I could really see the Bucks reaching for a running back in this draft. And they pick in a weird – I'm not going to say they're going to take one in the first round. Nah. But I will say this. They, they do have a really weird spot in the first round because they pick 15th, which is basically right – or it's either 14th or 15th. And it's – I think it's 14th. And – they're not in play for one of the big-name offensive tackles, I don't think. I think by 14, they'll all be gone. And they don't – like, to me, 14 is a good spot to maybe start taking some of these wide receivers, Lamb, Judy, Ruggs. But they don't really need – that's not – exactly. That's not a need for them. So Tampa Bay's in an ideal spot to trade back, I think. Um, I could actually see Denver moving up a spot to 14 and grabbing Ruggs. Tampa Bay moving back and maybe picking up, like, a third- or fourth-round pick – and then grabbing one of these running backs uh, that's going to be someone who can help their team right away. We, I remember we are talking about it last week. Uh, I think it's over under a half running back in the first round. It is. It All is. of these running backs are going to be there in round two and three. So there's no need for them to really make a push. It's actually an advantage for them that they can maybe pick up a draft pick and they can scoop up one of these running backs who could actually be a starter this year for them. In fact, uh, Fantasy-wise, I'm sure you'll be taking a hard look. Let's say, for instance, they do draft Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a PPR league, goodness gracious. And I think you're right there, Jared, to make that PPR distinction. Ronald Jones will probably be the early down back, the third-year guy out of USC. If you want to know the truth, Jared, I mean, the offense is not necessarily the problem with the Tampa Bay Bucks. If anything, I would invest draft capital on the defensive side of the ball and give D.C. Todd Bowles a little bit more to play with. But let's look at the Bucks, whether they address their defense or not. They Listen, a lot of people are high on the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. Let's figure out where the value may be, all right? We know, Jared, already that for the NFC, 
Jared, they're the third choice at eight to one behind only the Saints and the Niners, right? The Saints do also live in their division. So they are uh, right now, they are plus 175, the second choice um, in that division. I want to give you some other context here, Jared. They've also, our friends over at FanDuel have also started to hung prop bets. Yes, no, on will the Every team in the NFL, will they make the playoffs? Mm. Yes or no? And I think this is a very interesting bet, Jared, because remember, seven teams make the playoffs, not six. So if you have your four division winners, that means, and I know it's possible that a third place team, two teams from the same division could be wild cards. I know that is possible. But what we're talking about is three out of the four second place teams are probable wild card teams, Jared. So when I look at Tampa, their win total at nine on the number. And what if I told you, Jared, that it's minus 155 right now mm. for the Bucks to make the playoffs. So not only does the betting markets think that they, they are a third best chance to win the conference, that they're decent to win the division, but the book is saying right now that they are one of the best seven teams in the NFC, minus 154 to get to the playoffs. Do you like that bet, Jared? Or what about the no side at plus 126? And then we'll go game by game and see what we're talking about. I think the Bucks are a good bet to make the playoffs, but only because of that seventh team. And I'm not running to the window to lay 55 cents on it, but I do think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. And actually, we you know we just taped the show with Ariel. Um, we talked exactly about that, that there's an important distinction to be made because to me, the gap between Super Bowl contender and playoff contender, oh, the gap widens now that you add absolutely. a team. And like, say, for instance, last year, the Rams and the Steelers would have been those seven teams. You're not considering either of those teams even remotely close to being a Super Bowl contender. But they're still in the playoffs, so you have to give them at least some credibility. But my point is, the gap between those teams widens, and you have to be able to identify it. Because you're not going to bet the Bucs to win the NFC, but the Bucs to make the playoffs at 155, that'll give you some opportunity to hedge out because of what we're about to say they're going to be favored in a lot of games next year. So you're going to have a chance. If you want to hedge out of plus one, one minus 155, you'll have a chance to later in the year because they will be plus money opportunities for the Bucs to lose. Yep. And I want to, you know, keep this in context. We're going to go deep into it. Remember last weekend, Jared, we went deep into the Giants win total. And then game by game, we found corollary bets to make with them. And that's what we get to do here on In Game Live. So I want to remember the context also. Four division winners are in. And then there's three other teams that will be in, right? So when you're in the East, you got the Cowboys and the Eagles, right? So it's like, hmm, the Bucks were one of those teams. In the West, you got teams like the, the Niners, who a lot of people think are in, but then Seattle. We're talking about a team like the Bucks up against Seattle for a wild card. Teams like Minnesota and Green Bay will all be competing for those spots. So we'll dig into it a little bit. Now, our friends at FanDuel were happy and uh, were nice enough to put up point spreads for all 16 Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, okay, their total, Jared, is nine on the number. So you have to get to 10 in order to hit that bet. You probably have to get to nine or 10 to be a true playoff contender and actually make it, right? So let's talk about this. Let's break this down. We'll start doing it, and then, you know, we'll finish it on the other side of the break. 
I've also explained to people, right, the way the schedule is made. Six of the games are the home road splits against your division. You then play an entire division in the AFC. For the Bucks. they happen to play the AFC West, and you play an entire division in your own conference. So the, AFC, uh, the Bucks in the NFC South, they happen to play, I believe it is the NFC North, the entire NFC North, okay? So with that context, let's first look at, Jared, Oh, their... it's the West, West, AFC West. Are you sure? The AFC West, but yeah. the NFC, they play the North. They play yes, the NFC correct. North. NFC North, AFC, AFC West. All right, yeah. so with that context, let's see if we can get the Tampa Bay Bucks to nine or ten wins and then revisit. Is yes, no for the playoffs, their win total, their division price. Is it a smart bet? So let's start with their home games, Jared. Okay? Um, as you know, Jared, they will play the three other teams in their division at home. Do, what do you think they do against Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans? How do they do in the home games against their division rivals? I'll say – I'll take you a step further. I'll say they're 3-3 three and three in the division this year. Okay. Okay. So fair enough. So just to be for easy sake, because we're trying to just count to 9 or 10, I'm going to give three home wins, and I'm going to give three road losses. Sure. Okay? And you're right. Maybe it's different, but you're going to say they go 500 – in the division. I got you. So now as we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's find the other home games on their schedule, Jared, okay? They play the NFC North. So that means two teams from the NFC North come down to Tampa. One of them, Jared, is the Green Bay Packers. The Bucs are going to be home favorites against Green Bay by two and a half. You think Aaron Rodgers coming down to Tampa, they get the job done? We're trying to get to 10 wins for the Bucs is at home against Green Bay, one of them, Jared. I'll say this. If that game's in prime time, which I expect it to be, uh, well, I'm, not bet, I'm not I'm betting against crazy. Aaron Rodgers. I'm not betting against Aaron Rodgers as an underdog in prime time. I'm okay. not betting against him. So, so I, I, I'll, I'll go Green Bay. So you're giving the Bucks a loss. They are now 3-1 and one at home on the season. The other NFC North team that they welcome in, and this one is tough. I want to see where in the schedule it is. It's the Minnesota Vikings, Jared. And the Vikings are a different team home and away. I tell you all the time, teams go to Tampa and lay an egg on that grass. The Bucs would be field goal favorites against the Vikings. You like Minnesota or Tampa? I'll say this. Two, there's two caveats to this one, and the first right. one's funny. So we talked about the Packers playing in primetime in that spot. Yeah. If that Bucks Vikings game is in the daytime for Kirk Cousins, right, Kirk Cousins, the, sure. the Vikings will win, and the Vikings will win even more handily if if uh, if uh, Cook is uh, healthy. All right, so you it seems I'm like going Vikings. Vikings. I'm going Vikings. So that's a loss for Tampa. Okay, so we've covered them traveling their own division and the other conference. Uh, you know, the other division in the NFC they have to play. I told you also, right? They have um, the other third place teams. They play, right, in the NFC. The one that comes to them is the Los Angeles Rams, Jared. When the Rams, long trip west to east, uh, what happens when the Rams come to town to play Tampa? Who you like in that game? Yeah, that's three in the hook on FanDuel right now. I'll say the Bucks win that game. I'll give them a home win there. All right, there. The other third-place team they have to face, 
Um, it will be a road game. It'll be against the Giants, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. On the other side of the break, Jared, we will keep this going. So far, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks 4-2 and two at home. We'll see if you like them up against the AFC West, and we'll see if you like them in their road games as we try to cobble together what we think the Bucks will ultimately be, and if there's any value on their win totals or some of their other futures prices. It is in-game live. We'll be back after this. Game time decisions. You know, there's a bet that I want to bring up is the over-under prop for Tua right now. And it's two and a half, but it's plus 300 to the under. I think there's going to be a trade. I do. There's always trades in the NFL draft. The Chargers aren't getting them if they wait till six. And if the Dolphins like them, you, you got problems. I think that the Redskins and maybe the Detroit Lions are both open for business. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, hello, everybody, and welcome back to In Game Live here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith diving deep to find you some value so you can win a little bit of extra cash in these troubling shelter-in times that we are in, Jared. We were talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks because, to be quite honest, going into this, Jared, I assume that their lines are inflated. I assume, Jared, that they are this year's version of, like, the Cleveland Browns, right? And I actually think we may find value 
potentially fading Tampa Bay if the hype has gone a little bit too far. But so far, Jared, you think they go four and two at home. So maybe you actually think they are worth some of their futures bets so far, huh? Well, here's the thing, though. The two that I had them losing were both underdogs, meaning the Vikings and the Packers were both underdogs. So, and it also, I I do like the idea of them going 3-0 at home in the division, I don't know if they go 0-3 on the road. I think it could be more 2-1, 2-1. And, And again, we'll have to treat it individually once we get to the games. But I definitely think there is value, especially in the non-conference, on the other side. Okay, so speaking of the non-conference, Jared, one of the things we also – we're giving tutorials here, right? We don't just give you a fish, Jared. We teach them how to fish. And so not only game by game, but we're talking about how the schedule is comprised and how we know these opponents – you know, at the end of last year's regular season, right, because of certain divisions they play, and it's a formula based on what, where in the division they finish. So we've gone through their divisional uh, matchups. We've gone through the entire other division they play in the NFC, which happens to be the NFC North. They play the AFC West this year, Jared. So that means they welcome two teams from that division into Tampa. One of them, Jared, and they will be four-and-a-half-point favorites when they welcome... I guess Terod Taylor, potentially Justin (laughs) Herbert, who knows? Maybe Cam Newton returns back there wearing a lightning bolt on their helmet. What do you think when the Chargers fly west to east for what's likely going to be one of those weird one o'clock starts in Tampa on the grass? The Bucs would be four and a half point favorites. You give them this win against the Chargers? I give them the win. I don't really know if they cover. I need to know who's starting a quarterback for the Chargers first. But if it's a rookie, then I definitely give them the win. If it's Terod Taylor, maybe the four and a hook. Maybe I go Chargers plus four and a half. But I, I give the odds makers their due in this spot. Four and a half is a pretty big number. And based, based on everything we know about the Chargers, I could see that defense giving Brady some problems, getting after him a little bit. So that's why I'm not going to run to the window and lay four and a half with the Chargers. But I will give them the win here uh, and, and, and let them go uh, five. I think it's five and two now at home. Yep, they would be 5-2 and two at home. And, you know, Jared is giving you the context of the very early lines that have come out with the spreads and the money lines game by game. But also remember, as we look to see a team's record for win-loss, their potential to win a division, qualify for the playoffs, we don't give a damn about the point spread. We're trying to find out ultimately what we maybe project their record to be and see if there is any value, any gap between some of the uh, totals and lines that are being hung. Jared, the other AFC West team that comes in is the defending Super Bowl champion. The AFC West team. <laughs> right. The Bucks will be getting two and a half points at home when they welcome Kansas City. You think they get that done somehow, or is that a loss for them? No, I, I give Kansas City the win there, and and I, I was generous with the divisional home games. Right. I'm not going to be generous with this one. This is a, This is a Chiefs win. All right, I buy that. So here's where we are. Let's reset where we are, Jared. You have the Tampa Bay Bucks completing their 2020 home regular season wherever, whenever, however that is played. You have them going five and three at home. That sounds about right. That 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 does sound about right. But remember now to get to ten, which is what they would need, Jared, in order to hit that win total over because it's on the number at nine. We need them to get to 10 for you to cash this bet. And you've already, in this kind of projecting game, given them three whole uh, road losses. So right now, the best they can go on the road would be five and three. 
combine that with five and three at home, that gets me to 10 and six. So let's find out if you have them somehow sweeping their non-divisional road games on the schedule. I don't think that's going to happen, Jared, but let's play out the string, shall we? <laughs> All right, so we've covered the home games. We've been saying that on the road, we think in general they'll split in the division, so we're giving them three and three. We technically gave them the home wins. We'll technically give them the road losses. That's how I already have them with three road losses. I mentioned that they play the other teams that were in the same standing in the division, the other third-place teams in the division, right? So for that, we told you they welcome in the Rams. The one they traveled to, Jared, is they go to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York football giants where they will be road favorites coming into MetLife. Um, you think they could get that job done as a road favorite in New York? I don't know. I, I, I do feel like that's a, that's a tough spot for them. Uh, the Giants seem to own Tom Brady, so I, I, I would be willing to take the points there. I don't know if I'll give the Giants the straight-up win. I'll be generous to Tom, and I'll say he owes the Giants one here, and and the Giants don't quite have enough. That's one of those really close games where the Giants have the lead late, and they just can't hold it, and the defense kind of gives it up. And it's I, I'll give I'll, I'll give Tom the benefit of the doubt on this one because I think I'm not going to later on in this right. in this exercise. So right. I'll be generous early on. Fair enough. So that is the first road win for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks so far, Jared. And I'm going to give you two other road games that they are going to play. Remember, they play the entire NFC North. We talked about Green Bay coming in, right? We talked about Minnesota coming in. So you could figure it out by process of elimination what their road trips are in that division. And I'm going to tell you, Jared, they are favored in both of those road efforts when they travel up north. So first, when they go to the Windy City in Chicago, and I'll tell you, this may be very different if this is week two or week 15, right? Obviously, you know, December in Chicago looks a lot different than September in Chicago, and I'll give you that. But they would be one-point road favorites against the Bears. We don't even know if it'll be Trubisky, Foles, or someone else. You think they get it done against Chicago? You know, it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned the difference in the weeks. So, right. and, and this we don't is know. A, yeah, we don't, but here's what we do know. And this is what we're learning. So the NFL is under some pressure with their schedule. Yeah. Usually the schedule comes out the week before the draft, that's which right. would be in about two weeks. And clearly I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So the, the, the schedule is very much in flux and we have precedent for this. In 2011, when it was the lockout, right. they were unsure about the early parts of the schedule. And right. what they did is they backloaded the division games in week 10 or later. Yeah. So because of the uncertainty, I think it's a safe assumption for us to say that the six division games every team will play will likely be week eight or later, oh. which means there's fewer spots Later in the season, go early in the season. When I the, think when it's I think it's a, exactly. I think there's a better chance. I'm not saying it's definite, but okay. I'm saying the odds are this game will be earlier in the season, just like all the other non-conference. You just want to get a bunch of I do. I do. But I, this line's telling. It's only. A, it, I, I'm telling you, this line is interesting to me, and we're seeing this line twice in the marketplace with the Bucks. Yeah. And I think they lose both of these games where they're favored by one point. 
and we're going to get to the other one, I'm sure, yeah, in a little bit. But I, I think the Bears' defense has enough in the tank to shut down Brady, and I think the Bears get this win at home. All right, fine. So you have that as an L for Tampa. The other team that they travel to in the NFC North, it's not the one-point spread game you're talking about, but they go to Detroit to take on the Lions, where they will be under a field goal, but they will be road favorites, two-and-a-half points. you think they can go into Ford Field and get the job done? No, I mean, yeah, you know, they 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 get the job. Though, I mean, they win the game. Yeah, they no, the game. they're gonna win that game. They're gonna win that game. Okay. Uh, the Lions, the Lions are are gonna have a rough season, I think. And yeah. I think I think it's gonna be they're one of the lower teams on the board win total wise. Yep. And I think that's for a reason. Now, winning at home right. is a little different because that's a tough home environment. And you know, it'll be interesting if that game is early in the year. That's Tom Brady. That's true. That that that's a good point. That's a good point. That's why that matchup might be a little interesting. Right. I, I, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to give Tampa Bay the benefit of the doubt here. Fair enough. So you have them two and four so far on the road. Remember, they also will play one division from the other conference. In this case, for them, it is the AFC West. We talked about Kansas City coming in. We talked about the Chargers coming in. So there you have your process of elimination again. One of these other road favorite by one point. It's basically a pick 'em, Jared, when they travel a mile high and take on the Denver Broncos. You think they could get the job done against Drew Locke? Yes, because I also think this game will be early in the season. And right. I, I think Denver – I think this will be the tougher – I think the two of these games, Denver and Chicago, will determine if they cover their win total. I, I think I'm very confident in the other results. I'm not as confident in Chicago and Denver beating Tampa Bay. Okay. So what I would do if you were betting this is I would bet Tampa Bay's win total if you like it. And based on where the season plays out, the last of these two games. So let's say they face Denver in week four and Chicago in week eight. Yeah. In week eight, I would shave a little bit off the top, especially if you don't like how things are going with the first seven games, Interesting. and bet the Bears as the home dog. Okay. And maybe the line will change where you can get two or three points. Let's say the Bucks get off to a good start, and they're like six and two or six and uh, one, five and, five and two. And then they come into Chicago, and Chicago's getting three. That's a perfect spot for me. To, to kind of nibble off the top. Right. Tampa Bay could still win the game. Chicago covers. It's the best of both worlds. If Chicago wins the game, then you win your bet, and you probably, the odds of you winning the win total will be significantly less. I, I think Denver and Chicago, those are the two games on this schedule. The way it shapes out with the odds and the lines, those are going to be the two points, and that's why I said those two minus one game. I mean, they're basically right. pick-ems. They're toss-ups. Right. So the book doesn't know how to compute that with the win total. And I think those are the two games that will swing the win total at nine, especially at eight, at nine and not eight and a half. It's going to be tough to get to 10 wins if they don't go two and oh in those games. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, we we just zoomed past their division games, but they are a one point favorite when they host the Saints. You know, they are uh, one and a half points when they go to Atlanta. So there's a lot of spreads they have that are very, very close, can obviously move with the context that, yo, we haven't even had the draft yet, okay? You know, so there are still rosters to be filled out. The last part of the scheduling puzzle, let's get their 16th game um, on their tally. 
Tom Brady's heading to Vegas, baby. They go on the road to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think they could? Uh, do you think they could win that game in? I I guess that stadium will be finished by then. But um, you know, on the road against the Raiders, do you think they can get the job done? That's a whole other conversation that I'm starting to get concerned about, especially with the Chargers SoFi Stadium, the Chargers and the Rams. One of their yeah, one of their workers tested positive, and they still continued uh, to work on that stadium. Uh, both of those teams need new stadiums. Actually, all three of them, Raiders, Chargers, and 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 also Rams. Uh, I, I think the Raiders are going to struggle in this year. We, we've discussed it, and I think it's even more, I think it's even more prevalent now as we've, you know, we haven't done this in about a week. Right. And in that week, we've seen the acceleration of this, of this epidemic and more uncertainty in the offseason for the NFL. And the more uncertainty there is in the offseason, the harder it is for teams like the Raiders that are going through all this transition will be to adapt. So if that game's like early in the season, I, I would definitely say the Bucs get that win. All right. So you have the Bucs going 500 on the road this year, Jared. Uh, four and four, the five and three at home. What do you know? <laughs> Their win total is on the number at nine and going game by game. Jared Smith and his incredible sports grid wisdom has the Bucs going nine and seven. Right on the number. Pretty, pretty good. They're favored in most of their games. I think I yeah. counted 12 out yeah. of the six. So if you bet them to make the playoffs, the flexibility there, even more so than betting their win total, because there's more spots for the postseason, then the win total is a set number. They have to get to nine. The, the postseason, they could get to nine and get into the playoffs. They could go eight and eight and get into the playoffs. So – you know, you, you there's there's more hedging available there, and the price difference between whatever their win. I think I saw minus one fifteen for over nine compared to yeah. minus one fifty, minus one fifty five for the win for the playoffs. That's not a big enough gap for what you're getting in terms of the margin of error. There could be two or three games where you could potentially lose and still make the playoffs. When if you want to get to ten wins, there's not a lot of margin for error to win that bet. And I think the postseason bet, you're getting much more bang for your buck and you're getting a lot of flexibility, especially late in the season when they're on the road facing New Orleans in probably week 15 or week 16. Mm -hmm. That is a you could just bet New Orleans or, you know, if they're on the road facing Atlanta or Carolina and they're favored in that game, right. bet the other side and, and you could potentially I mean, the, I think the flexibility with the with the postseason bet to me makes sense. Okay, so listen, and you know how we, we've done this before, Jared. I've asked you to put on the manager, the GM, and the sports investor hat. I've got more to dig into on this. We're going to do that on hour number two of in-game live because what you are now saying, Jared, is you do believe that Tampa is one of seven in the NFC to make this. So, you know, who do you think the other six are? That's where I want to get to. And if that's, you know then where's the value? Is there a no bet that you like at plus money? Is there a yes bet that I like better than laying the minus 150 on Tampa as a yes? We're going to cover all of that in in-game live hour number two. We did it last week and we dug deep to find you value. That's what we're doing. We're home pouring over these statistics, <laughs> these numbers, the news. You want the edge. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.